Welcome and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Power to Be Show. I am your producer and co-host behind the scenes, Alexis Hunter. I'm here with your host, Dr. Terrell Bird, and I have the pleasure of introducing today's guest, Oswald Newbold. Oswald is a post-release case manager who helps men and women released from incarceration successfully reintegrate back into the main flow of society. Being a returning citizen himself, he understands re-entry from both sides, formerly as a prisoner and now as a criminal justice professional. Oswald says his lived experiences inspire the work he does today. In performing his life work, Oswald believes his divine purpose is helping cultivate growth in people and connecting meaning in life. In 2017, Oswald founded Libra Life Mentoring Services Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that mentors youth and young adults. Libra Life focuses on personal development, career development, financial literacy, and life skills. Oswald shares his life story in hopes of preventing others from going down the path he once traveled. As a businessman, he also owns Onto Enterprises LLC, a business consulting company, where he uses expert knowledge to assist companies and organizations with their organizational structure and operations, employee development, and target-specific training programs. He is a graduate of Palm Beach Atlantic University, where he graduated magna cum laude and holds a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. Oswald is one of the co-authors of the recently released book, The Joseph Anointing, From Prison to Prosperity Anthology, released on June 16th. He believes having the ability to both inspire and empower others is a divine gift from God, which is what Power to Be is all about. Before I turn it over to our host, let me encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram as Power to Be Show. Now, here is your host, Dr. Terrell Bird. Welcome to another episode of the Power to Be Show. Be creative, be connected, and be courageous. Worship does not stop on Sunday. Well, thank you, Alexis, for that introduction. It's good to be here. It's good to be uh, back again in the studio. And it's good to have our guest, uh, Oswald Newbold. And so it's good to have you here with us today. Nice to be here. Thank you for letting me be here, sir. Yeah. How are you? You're doing well? I'm doing fine. Good, good, good. Well, I'm so glad and I'm actually honored that you would take time out to come and be on the Power to Be show. What I'm really interested in is getting a little uh, history, a little bit of information about your journey. Everybody has a story. I know that. Yes, we do. And as I listen to the introduction given by Alexis, I see that your story is quite interesting and inspirational. So first of all, I'd like to start by just asking, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me a little background of who you are. 
Well, a little bit of background about myself. I was born and raised in the South Florida area, Palm sure. Beach County. Yeah. I went to Palm Beach County schools, graduated from high school here in Palm okay. Beach County. Okay. Um, my parents were young. They yeah. Both of them was in the 12th grade when I was born. Okay. So me growing up, I kind of had young parents. So we all was learning life at one time. Gotcha. I would have to say that life wasn't bad, mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily to the level of what I would have wanted okay. to be as the best. I can say that I did have good parenting. I was raised by the village, meaning loving, loving neighbors, loving family. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I thought I had all the answers. Okay, okay. And sometimes when you have all the answers, you start to make your own decisions as only a young person would do, and yeah. it could become consequential at some point. Yeah. And in my life, um, I reached a point where I went through the system one time. Okay. Well, let me, before we... To kind of get into that because you you already uh, kind of opened up a little bit of of uh, territory that I'd like to just cover a little bit. Are you the uh, the only sibling, or do you have other? No, I have one other brother, have Kevin. Other, okay, I have one yeah, other brother. Older or younger? He's younger. He's eight years younger than me. My okay. brother, Kevin. Okay, so you uh, you had a little bit of a distance between <laughs> your your. your we kind of was in different eras to say. Okay, okay, right. okay. So go, go on. No, I was just kind of right. I do have one brother. So mm -hmm. growing. Up and it's, it's good you would say that because his upbringing was somewhat different than mine. My mother and father weren't married at first initially when I was born. Okay. So I was born to a single parent, but my parents got married. Okay. My brother was born into a two-parent home from uh -huh. the beginning. Gotcha. So he kind of saw things that he kind of didn't get some of the struggles that I saw mm -hmm. as a youngster. But um I don't. I wouldn't change it for the world, yeah, but I, yeah. but it, it's it's just that I saw things a little different, so it helped mold me and build me for things I would go through later in life. I see. Right. So when you said something about the system that you found yourself in the system, that sounds like that was at a very young age, nineteen years old. Nineteen. Okay. Yes, sir. And so, can you talk a little bit about how how did you get there? What led you into that kind of so, situation? Let's dial that back okay. a little bit. Okay. So growing up, a part I didn't bring up in my upbringing. So when I say when you're young, you think you have all the answers. So when I became a teenager, I actually ran away from home when I was 15 years old. Okay. And this was during the crack cocaine era mm. where a lot of things in the mid 80s was just moving and shuffling and killing careers, mm -hmm. breaking up households and mm -hmm. everything. So I was kind of lost. And what I didn't realize at the time is that I was angry. And one of the dangers of being angry is when you don't know that you're angry. You're angry at who? At the time, I didn't even know. I didn't even know I was angry. I was angry at the world. I was okay. angry at my situation. I was <clears throat> angry for at family members who I felt that was starting to slide in a downward spiral when I know I have seen them do better. So sometimes you don't know how to, and when you angry, I really wasn't angry. I was more let down. Okay. okay. And that let down starts to make you edgy. And then mm. that edgy starts to make you hard. And once you become hard, it's just like a, it yeah. just rolls from there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that can can spark all kinds of feelings. Those triggers. Those triggers. Yeah, yeah. And so at a young age, so the system kind of got you, huh? You got right. Yeah. So I got in trouble. Crazy thing. I was off in school. I was a sophomore in college. And the next thing you know, my parents get a call that I don't got in trouble. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm in Tallahassee, Leon County. Okay, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I'm in the Capitol. I'm going in. So I actually go to, I get locked up. Actually, my parents, I made it to Palm Beach. My parents took me back up there to turn myself in. And I was charged with attempted murder and aggravated battery. Okay. Serious charges. And after a year in the county, a year later, I actually was sentenced to two life sentences and 15 years in prison at the age of 20. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, that, sir. That's 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 powerful. Yes. That's some that's some heavy stuff for you don't have to tell for, me. for a grown man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. yeah. So so there uh you have no doubt learned a lot. You grew up, you had to grow up fast. Yes. In ways that you could not even imagine. So twist, how did that turn? That you were able to, you spent how long? I mean, because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. good question. So thankfully, at a point, I was able to win an appeal, okay. and the courts removed the life sentences off for me. But at then, they sentenced me to 40 years and 15 years in prison and ran it consecutive, which was 55 years in prison. Yes, sir. So wow. in the end, I ended up doing 25 years, one month, 13 days before wow. I became a free man wow. again. Wow. And during the time you were in prison, you know, we talk about people who are in can either do be productive with their life in some ways or simply just wait out their time. Right. I assume that you were somewhat productive. I was somewhat productive in the end. Okay. (laughs) All right. So to be honest, when I went in, I was young. I was about the foolishness. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I was about the foolishness, going to solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. I went through all of those things. Mad at the world, mad at the system. And actually, it was one day I was listening to a radio show. It was a gospel station Mm -hmm. that came on AM radio. And a preacher was on there talking. And it was like, hey, what you mad at? What are you mad about? Mm-hmm. And then he just went to talk about different things, why we we mad. But really, at the end, the, the message he was showing is asking us, are you mad about something where you mad at others, but you should be mad at yourself for okay. the decisions you made, for the okay. situations you are in? Okay. And when I was listening to it, and I'm like, you know what? Everything I'm going through now, I put myself through it. Mm. So that was wow. a point when I started to realize I need to man up. And that was like one of the little spurts of growth that started yeah. to change my perspective of looking at my entire situation. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Oswald, here's one of the things that I want to say to you. First of all, I'm glad and so thankful that you made it through that period right. in your life. And that's a positive thing for a lot of people because I think you've been a blessing the people that you come in contact with. Let me kind of dig into the idea of where is faith been and how have you been able to see God in the midst of your struggle? Through the journey. It's good you was asked that question there because for me, faith, I always share the story about one set of footprints in the sand Mm. because people see me now, they be like, Hey, how did you make it out of there? And you still got your mind. Mm -hmm. And, well, how did you do it? I say, because I didn't do the time. I say, God did the time. Right. My body just was there. Okay. And I always okay. share that with people. And 
what got me through that journey was actually a power greater than me mm-hmm. was working through me. Okay. Even when I, even when I wasn't doing the right thing or the best thing in mm-hmm. there, I still believed in the higher power working. Okay. Okay. And at some point, and I grew up in the church, okay. so I, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't hard for me to come back to, to my roots. Okay. Okay. But as we know, living that life, sure. especially in Christ, it's it's a hard walk to sure. stay disciplined. Sure, sure. Yeah. And um, I wasn't even reading my Bible. I, I just shared the story the other day about how my Bible was in my locker and it was at the bottom of my locker. Wow. And I was cleaning out my locker and I saw my Bible. And when I got down in there, it was so dusty. When I dusted oh off, my goodness. <laughs> yes, I, I hate to say it, I dusted the Bible off. I had to blow on it. And when I blew, <laughs> So much dust cloud, I started coughing. Wow, wow. And my spirit convicted me right then. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that was like a sign that you haven't been doing the right thing. Right. So if you had had the word in you, then it would have come out of you and you could have got rid of that dust easy, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I knew, I wasn't being faithful. I still had that yeah. same old Bible right okay. now. Mm-hmm. And... The thing about it, I wasn't being in the word because when we study the word, it tends to move through us and, and help order our steps mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. further we get away from the word, the more we get to the ways of the world yeah. and our own ways of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good, good. And, uh, and the very fact that you know that, that you realize right. that, that says something about your spiritual consciousness. Right. Let me, let me uh, kind of move to another uh, aspect of that is, and that is that since you've been out, that you've began to focus your life in a way that's giving back. And so you're, you're taking advantage of the experiences that you had yes, to be able to say, now this is what my life's purpose. So let me talk a little bit about purpose as it relates to what you're doing now right. and the steps that you begin to move in to help shape that purpose. So you, you're asking about my life works right now. Yeah, yeah. So my experiences is what had inspired me to do the life work I do right now. So I'm a reentry case manager. I help men and women released from jail and prison reintegrate back into the main floor of society. Okay. And what made me want to do that work is when I left prison, I always told my brothers in blue, I won't forget about y'all. So me out, the work I'm doing now is me just delivering on my word to okay. help contribute to making things better. Okay. Right. And not only that, while I was in, I kind of had started doing reentry while I was in because I seen guys who got out and came back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love to see a person go home, but I didn't. I never liked to see them come, come back, back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when it's like that, I used to talk, walk and talk with them. And I found myself mentoring while I was still in, even though I was still under circumstances, I was always trying to get people to see the good in their life yeah. and, the, and the better things they can do other than being yeah. back here again. Well, well tell me uh, something about the, uh, the re-entry that, because I, I know the recidivism is so powerful, the return right. of people coming back. In your opinion, why does that happen so frequently? Why does that, why do people return back? Yeah, the recidivism yeah. is high. Mm-hmm. People don't prepare for life. Okay. A lot of times we don't prepare. And then sometimes we just take things for granted. Like I go back, I got to go back behind the walls because I was there so long. So it molded a lot of things I do now. Like for instance, I use the term I tell people, 
There's two type of prisoners in prison right now. Those who are using time and those who are doing time. Mm. The ones who are doing time, they just run into the rec field, worried about the child hall, worried about the TV. But those using time are doing something constructive to get themselves together to be when they come out here, they can be productive. Yeah, yeah. So do you think then that perhaps uh, not only while they're in, but when they're out, that there ought to be opportunities uh, that they can be able to learn maybe a skill, something? Those uh, opportunities are, are there. And you wouldn't believe even... When a free education is offered, it's hard to get people to go get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is tragic. It's sad. Right now, you, I, I, I sense that a lot of the lessons you've learned, but one of the things you're doing is kind of this entrepreneurial. You started your own business LLC and, and yes, so sir. forth. So, talk a little bit about that. All right. So, from the LLC side, I do consulting. Okay. I consult. My degree is actually in organizational leadership. I finished school since I've been home. So I like to help people who are trying to get their business off the ground or those who have a business, help them refine it to sort of improve performance. Mm -hmm. So I do consulting, um, also intellectual properties. I'm looking to create intellectual property. I'm just looking for that yeah. one leak that I could finally retire on. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I haven't yeah, did yeah. that yet, but yeah. pretty much okay. yeah, we all. My, my LLC, everything I do out of that is still to help others grow in some form or fashion. Okay. And yeah. on the nonprofit side, I have a mentoring, I have a mentoring program where I mentor youth and young adults. I believe we have to invest into the future. Sure. Yeah. We have to yeah. invest into the future. Wow. Good, good. Can you give me uh, one of the um, successes of since you've been out and since you've been working in that area, maybe a success story, and then maybe give me, if you can, one of the uh, disappointments or challenges that you have encountered encountered also. You mean when you ask success story, are you saying my own success or success I have seen with the individuals with that I've individuals individuals been right. Okay. Uh -huh. So I'm gonna share a few things. Okay. The first thing I'm gonna share is when I realized the work I do is worth it is I had to see a client that was in the county jail and it was on video conference. COVID we it was we were still in COVID. Mm -hmm. And when he came in, I just knew this guy was going to be grumpy. <laughs> okay. Record long as I don't know what. I said, he's going to be hard, but I'm going to do my job and do what I can to help him. Right. And when I came in, when we got on the conference mm -hmm. and I introduced myself, he broke down crying. Okay. He said, I had been praying because I've been gone all these years. He had did time in prison. Then he had to do a county jail sentence out of it. He said, I didn't have anywhere to go. And I've been trying to get y'all for months. So he broke down crying. He said his prayers had been answered. I say, well, sir, your prayers been answered. I'm here to help you right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I realized this, this is what I really wanted to be here wow. for. Now, in terms of success stories, I have seen people that come out, start their own little business. They get good jobs. There's so many success stories. It's different ways we define success. Mm -hmm. Like for me, Let's say a person struggled with drugs. Mm -hmm. If they stay clean and sober and get them a job and just doing the right thing, that's a success yeah, in itself. Yeah. A person go to school and graduate, that's a success. Mm -hmm. Person start their own business or get them a good job or they become a manager or a crew leader at a job mm -hmm. where they just start an entry level. All of those, we, we count every little thing as yeah. a success. Yeah. Every as we're step, going, huh? Every yeah. step is, yeah. is worth it because yeah. when we minimize the things we're doing, 
we don't realize we we taking away from the value of mm. what we're doing because mm-hmm. others need to see us doing these things because yeah. going back stereotypes. Mm-hmm. One thing about stereotypes, the worst thing about a stereotype is when we start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So when you go through the system, people believe there's, there are certain things you would never be able to sure. do in your lifetime. Sure. And the devil is a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil you're, is you're, a lie. You're a living testimony to right. that. i witness to that. Yeah. So uh, I also understand that you have co-written uh, a book. Uh, uh, yes. And so could you talk a little bit about, about that? Uh, yeah, I'm a co-author in the book, The Joseph Anointing from Prison to Prosperity Anthology. Mm-hmm. And we took Joseph out of the Bible because, you know, Joseph was sold off into captivity mm-hmm. by his brothers. And, you know, he was mad at the world himself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, God already had a plan for him. Yeah. And he was um he was taking it through them trials ahead of time because he knew what Joseph was going to do. Yeah. So the book here is about people who have been to the pit. Mm-hmm. All right. But in that pit prepared us for the things we are out here doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that. So it's right. basically a lot of your own life experiences being uh, applicable to what the biblical has, the biblical perspective has to say. huh? Exactly. It's because yeah. everybody in the book now is doing something positive in the community. Mm-hmm. So just like Joseph did something positive for people when he got out, that's what this is all about. Wow, what the book wow. is about. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your challenges, you say, are there, what are you seeing? What would you say is your challenge? as you move forward? <laughs> biggest challenges right now, I can't say I have a lot of challenges. The biggest challenges is time management. <laughs> that's one, that's one of the <laughs> yeah, biggest challenges. Yeah. Me, I pretty much take everything in stride. When you have been through what I've been through, you mm-hmm. learn to just, it's never a bad day out here to me. Yeah. It gets yeah, tough, yeah. but it's never a bad day to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just being You've seen a lot darker it, days. Yeah. A lot darker days. Yeah. And I, I just love being free. I love being with my family. I just love, I just love being in this situation, being mm-hmm. able to help people. Yeah. Things that people may see as a challenge, I don't see it as a challenge. I just see it as everyday life and mm-hmm. we just need to figure some things out. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, are here, you're, you're stationed in Palm Beach County. Is yes, that sir. where you're we're operating out of? Yes. Uh, any plans of extending your, your work outside of the county here? or Actually, I go to work outside of the county already. Okay, so okay. I actually go to other cities, other states. Okay. Right. So, so, so your consulting business. And right. Mentoring. And, and yes, sir. So what about school? Do you work with, you said youth. How do you kind of connect? Okay, with so I, I'm looking for a brick and mortar where I could actually have my own nonprofit there mm-hmm. with the mentoring program. But what I do, I usually go into the schools or deal with organizations that deal with the youth population gotcha. that I mentor. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, if power to be can be of any assistance, we want to do what we can yes, to sir. help get the word out because I think that you make such a positive contribution to to life and to helping people get stay on the straight and narrow. Yes. And I know it's a, I know it's not easy for, for right. people. And so going back to a question <clears throat> you asked earlier about the recidivism. Mm-hmm. So two of the biggest things I have noticed out here that contributes to the recidivism is two things. The drugs, mm-hmm. substance use. Yes. That's the biggest challenge out here I see. And the second thing is peer group. Peer group and substance abuse. Yeah. Right. And and uh tied in with substance abuse, no doubt mental health 
is it's there also uh, is there is powerful, which is also sometimes compounding some of those other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so with, so are what are you suggesting that perhaps we do? Because if you name these two, what can we do to help combat that? That's a, that's like a train we trying to stop right now. <laughs> yeah, it to is. To be honest, all we sure. could, all we could do is just keep pushing love into it sure. and just like do what we can to show people the right way. Sure. And the biggest way to show the people the right way is not to talk it, but walk the walk that you yeah. talk. Yeah, that's true. Be an yeah. example, be an example. Yeah, and I think also the kinds of programs that you are trying to initiate or are initiating is a step in that direction, helping people. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. You, you give us hope. And, I, <laughs> and because if you can do it, that's telling somebody else you can also do it as well. So right. I think. That's important. And actually with, I can do it, but there are many that's doing it. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems is, and I get on guys about it is I'm like, somebody needs to see this Mm -hmm. because many guys that does well, many times they just move on with life. Right. And they separate themselves from their past, but it's somebody who need to hear their story that's going through where they were at in a point in their life and they can't get past it. And they don't, they don't believe they can do what you're doing right Right, now because nobody has showed them. You could go from this to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important. That's why mentoring that you're doing is so important. You need to say to people, look, you come along beside me and we can, we can walk it together. So, so thank you. Uh, I want to, uh, kind of dig a, a little bit into the area that we talked about why sometimes uh, people return back to doing some of the things that got them into the trouble that they got in in the first place. And because reentry is such an important aspect of recovery and restoration. Uh, one of the things that you touched upon earlier was this idea of substance abuse and also the idea of peer pressure. Talk a little bit about those two together, if you could. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the peer pressure part first. Okay, okay. Okay, so in life, even as adults, we're always under peer pressure, mm-hmm. even if it's just somebody in our family expect for us to deliver on something. Mm-hmm. Peer pressure isn't just from your friends. It's sure. even with, from family members. And when we, that's a form of peer pressure, but also I said when I was talking about recidivism and guys going back into the system, some most of the guys who go back into the system that peer group that they're still dealing with. Yeah. The yeah. ones that was you dealt with in them old ways of life. Yeah. You can still say hi. You don't have to start to dislike them, mm-hmm. but you can't run with them. Yeah. Yeah. You can't run with them. You're elevating and you're getting into other things. And I tell people, listen, if you have something to lose, you can't be hanging with somebody who doesn't have anything to lose. They right. subject to say or do anything at any given time. Right. So, so the the homeboy network and the the guys that weren't doing anything before they before you got in trouble, right. still doing the same thing, and they're still out there. They can't really be any help to you. Right. So uh, the the help they can be to you is just say, hey, man, you don't need to be around this. <laughs> right, just right. go on. Yeah. And and especially if it's people we grew up with, 
we're gonna we know them, we're gonna like them, we're gonna love them forever. Yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. what we could try try to do with them is talk to them and right. help them see, hey, it's more you can do with right, yourself. Right, right. So now. that that's what we can do is we can say, hey, come out of it. Yeah. you know, come out of that wilderness and and go into a different direction. But it's a process. Yeah, that yeah, process it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Yeah, and one of the biggest things that keep people in a certain mindset. The struggle is real in life. Yeah. Making it is, is, it's not easy living in this world financially. Right. And some people feel the pinch more than others. Mm-hmm. And many of the things we did in our younger life where we took shortcuts, now from an economic stand, financial standpoint, we can't command the money we want to live comfortably. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do? Right. And so with that peer pressure, then... Also, sometimes the substance abuse aspects come in because self-medicating the peers, to get away right. from it's that. It's self-medicating, escape, right? Self-medicating, yeah. escaping from my problems. I've got all these issues and pressures. So if I just drug myself to death, yeah. yeah. So, um, so th- that's where my concern is kind of the mental health because I right. think some of it leads to some disturbing kinds of behaviors as a result of the substance abuse. And um, so I, you know, it takes a village. I think that uh, collectively people coming together to help people through some of these struggles. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So going to speaking to that, what you say, it's a few things. Mm -hmm. Many times in life, we spend our lifetime trying to correct the mistakes we made when we were young. Also, there are many things that happen in some of our younger life that cause pain that we still never got over. Mm-hmm. And those wounds still be bleeding yeah. in some people's life when they're over. So self-medicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to get escape that pain. Right. So there's perhaps counseling that's needed that we need to direct people so they can unpack some of that past history and, yes. and, and recover from that. Yeah. You know, but certain demographics, they don't like to talk to people because of the, the, it's a little taboo. Yeah. The indication of, Hey, I'm not I'm, crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm not, not weak. Crazy. I'm strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to get, cause I'm one of them. I mean, it's not easy to get me to go talk to somebody about my problem. So I understand it. But really, that's just a pride thing. And mm-hmm. we all need to get over mm-hmm. it. And if you're not going to talk to someone about it, you really need to reach within and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I think that one of the positive things about things like the 12-step programs and things like that is that they try to bring people together to be accountable. And right. I think accountability maybe one of the areas that's so important too. Yeah. So accountability in the 12 step programs is good, mm-hmm. but you had a strong word accountability. Mm-hmm. Two of the strongest words. If you want to tick somebody off in life, <laughs> give them some responsibility or make them have to be accountable. Right. And yeah. you start a whole world <laughs> war right then. Yeah. And I think that's what's wrong in our society now. It's not enough checks and balances of accountability. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. something I saw before working for the city, mm-hmm. riding throughout the city, I see a bunch of guys not working. Mm-hmm. Cool. All of them have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, she don't care that he's not working. Yeah. So guess what? 
he doesn't have to be responsible or accountable. Why do I need to be responsible if I still could get everything I want? Exactly. Exactly. Accountability. So it's the little things where our standards in society yeah, have yeah, changed. Yeah. Yeah. Have changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that and the tragedy of that is that men are not being men that you have men who are acting like boys. We don't, man, we don't have to be accountable. No That's one right. is making you be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, that is playing a part. And that's one of the things wrong here in society. We don't know how to be a man among men. Right. And that's what's needed. And so part of the, um, I think what's needed is that we need to have men showing other men how to be men. We've got women, bless their hearts who are having to be the man and the woman in the house. Yes. And that's tragic. We need to begin to look at how can we build communities of support for those mothers, those women who have sons so right. that a man can raise a young man. And that makes a difference. I think. I think one of the things that would make a big difference is the village. We don't have the village anymore. The accountability came from the village. That's right. Your mother didn't have to be around, <laughs> but you knew it was certain things you couldn't do because the neighbors oh, were yeah. going to be like, hey, oh, you yeah. don't do that when but, your mother not here. That's right. Stop it. That's right. That's right. And, and you knew to stand and, down. You didn't give them any lips. So right. the village, and that's why I'm thinking it's not just one person or mm -hmm. one individual. Mm -hmm. We need the village. Other people saw what others were doing. Yeah. And, yeah. okay, you it opened a dream. Oh, yeah, I want to be able yeah. to do that one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neighbor, now it's to a point neighbors don't even speak to neighbors. That's right. That's right. Children yeah. don't even play together. Right. 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 So that's so the challenge is to help build that community. A sense of community needs to a come community back. Needs, and I, and in biblical terms, we would talk about the koinonia, which is the family of God coming together, supporting one another. And uh, so maybe the spiritual connection that's missing is that we have not developed a spiritual life that we can share with others to help build this kind of community because some people just don't know how. Right. Um, well, I think that it's important that we continue to raise that banner. We as brothers must be <laughs> willing to keep, t even if they don't want to hear it, we're going to say it. Yeah, yeah. And be a living example be, of it. Walk that's the right. walk that you're walk talking. Walk the walk. Walk the walk. Walk the walk. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for those words and of encouragement. And hopefully uh, others will hear that and be right. inspired to act upon it. So God bless you, brother. Do you mind if I have a word of prayer with you? Go ahead, sir. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Let us right, pray. Go. Eternal God, our Father, we are so grateful for the work that you are doing in Brother Oswald's life. Lord, I thank you for his testimony, for the journey. And Lord, even though there were dark days, we are so thankful that the light shines bright now in his life. And he is aware that even in the midst of the darkness, you were yet there with him. Your presence was with him. Even in confinement, he was still free. <laughs> so we thank you, O oh Lord, that you have set him free indeed. And we thank you for the word that lives and, and, and saturates his life now, that he, is, he has the hunger and the thirst for righteousness. 
Now, Lord, we pray that you would continue to let him know that he is never walking alone, (laughs) that there are those who are willing and able to walk alongside him. And Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Bless him now as he goes forth. Those ministries, those, those mentoring experiences, may they be a blessing to so many, oh God. And we pray, oh God, that you would open the doors that he needs, uh, either if it's material, uh, monetary gifts, we pray, oh God, that you would send those. But oh God, above all, that you would just let him know that you are with him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. It's an honor to be here. It's good to have you. God bless. We thank you for being with us today and the wonderful, inspiring story that we've heard. I hope that it's been a blessing to you as well. God bless you. See you next time. We would like to thank this episode's sponsor, Living Word Christian Community, located at 2390 South Military Trail, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33415, where Dr. Terrell Bird is the lead pastor. The worship service begins at 1030 a.m. in person, on Facebook, and Instagram Live.